are you cold? Isn't it the middle of summer there? No, it's March. It's getting cold. It's getting cold? Yeah. Wait, hang on. How do seasons work? <laughs> December is hot and then March is like three months later. So you're in autumn. I'm pretty sure this is autumn. Is it? <laughs> yeah, no. We're shit at this. <laughs> it's autumn because autumn comes before winter. Yes, because the trees the trees lose all their leaves. We should probably delete this because it looks bad. Well, it looks bad. But we don't know how seasons work. So, okay, this is something I should be wanting to talk to you about. There is so much stuff that... Not so much stuff, that's not fair. There is a bunch of stuff that you don't like having an opinion on. Um... Yeah, I mean, in the last podcast, that was like, at the end, you say something and I'm like, yeah, no comment. Right. And the thing is, like, you don't have to have a comment on these things. And I'm bringing it up now because we haven't just had any kind of inflammatory discussion. So it's not like I'm trying to press you into having a comment on something in particular. But I find (laughs) it really interesting. I find it really interesting how, I want to say terrified you are of just having an opinion on, on various subjects, which I think is sad because... All of these subjects, I think you have intelligent and well thought out opinions on. Hello? Yeah, yeah. I'm. I was waiting for the end of your sentence. Am I still coming through? Okay, like my video. Yeah, you look fine. I mean, like you look like the same you, but your quality is good. <laughs> I mean, not your quality of person. I mean, the quality of the image. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I'm cutting this whole bit out anyway. It doesn't matter what you say. <laughs> now you're just making me laugh. But this is like proof that I bully you too. I bully you, but like I love you. <laughs> so there is a bunch of stuff that you have really well thought out opinions on. We've talked about privately in the past. And yet as soon as it comes to a podcast, you're like, I don't want to talk about that. And I'm just, I don't understand it. Like, like the, the one of the reasons that you wanted to do this podcast in the first place was to get a chance to talk about stuff that you couldn't otherwise, or to try to be less afraid of, because you are, you are terrified of talking about certain things in public. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but. Why? Let's, let's talk about that. Um. Have you... Hmm. I mean, the thing is, I am the one who's obsessed with myself. (laughs) And yet I've never been like, let's cut this out because I don't think I'll look good. Or let's cut this out because of the way it portrays us. Like, I am really fascinated by branding. I am offended at the suggestion that I am not also obsessed with myself. (laughs) (laughs) But like those, those conversations, they make you a real person. And you can have opinions that not everyone will love. And... I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious as to your take on this because I've been thinking about it a bunch ever since editing episode 15. Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay, so I think, a, I think a bunch of stuff. First, I think I am more cavalier with my opinions and what I say than I was when we first started this podcast. Really? Oh, yeah. Don't you remember at the start you would ask me something and I'd be like, oh, ah, oh, like... I'm much more free. Right, but then, free then you'd, to... you'd say something. Whereas, like, I'm, I'm going to put in the bit now where we, we did it early in this podcast, but early in this podcast and in the last few podcasts, there's been chunks where you've been like, cut that out. I don't want that to go in. I don't want people to think that we talk like that. When we do talk like but that. But that was actually a joke. Like, I don't actually really care if if people think that we don't know how seasons work. Right, but the fact is that in the last probably three podcasts we've recorded there has either been something large that I've cut out because you were like, I don't want that to go in. Or there's been something that we've talked about and, and I've been like, what do you think? And you've been like, I don't want to talk about that on the podcast. I don't know. I don't feel, I mean, I think this is getting too meta. 
No, no, but I, no, like this is stop backing down from everything. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> One of the rules of the podcast is that we try to talk about stuff that the other person is interested in. And this is something I am genuinely super interested in. Yeah, but I just don't want it to get tedious. Like this conversation about you did that and that thing that happened. I not that you're like I don't feel I, like I feel like the best way to avoid something becoming tedious is to say, "Hey, maybe this isn't going to work. Let's try to stop this from becoming tedious," and then avoiding to answer the question entirely. Wait and say that again. I, I was mocking you. Oh. It wasn't very effective, but I was I was going for mockery. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> so my my point is that things are more tedious when someone puts off the question than they are when you just answer the question. Like if you're like, look. Let's talk about the fact that this might not be interesting to talk about. That is less interesting than just talking about the thing. Yeah, I get that. I'm just, I figure that we will cut this bit out, which is the tedious bit <laughs> of us being like, well, I think that if we talk about this thing like this, then it's going to be tedious. Well, how about you just answer the question and then it won't be tedious. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the worst. No, I just think I can tell when you're like, yeah, but when you do that and these specific times, I want to be in response yeah but that was this thing and that was the reason for this thing and blah 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 and it takes it away from a philosophical conversation around why you wouldn't want to be honest in public to like a tedious thing where we're arguing over minor details so you're just not going to answer the question no i'm not saying i'm not going to answer the question i'm saying that's why i was (laughs) i'm saying that's why i was like oh shit because i i recognized that when you were like yeah well in the last three podcasts this has happened I want to be like, well, actually, in the last three podcasts, I don't really think that's been an issue. And one of them is because you were being mean to me. I just want to hear the answer to the question. What's the question? Why are you so afraid of having opinions on a podcast in which people tune in specifically to hear your opinions? <laughs> um, okay, have you read So You've Been Publicly Shamed? Is that the one about the Twitter person? It's a book by Ron- John... Ronson. Oh, no, definitely not then. No, I thought it was an article. No, it's a book by John Ronson. It's about the landscape of the internet and how we use public shaming en masse and what it, like how it affects people's lives, etc., etc. It's a really interesting and also terrifying book. I feel like when you are asking me this question, you come from a completely different planet because <laughs> pretty much... Every one of my friends feels the exact same way about this. Like, I can't remember any conversation that I've had with someone where we've been talking about speaking publicly online where someone has said, oh, yeah, I'm totally not afraid of that. I don't know anyone other than you that doesn't feel that way. Do you think that's because you're a girl and I'm a boy? Um, No. No, I think that that's part of it. I think that women are socialized to to take into account other people's feelings a lot more. Also, there's like women are li- likely to receive, you know, a lot more hurls of mean stuff on the internet. So, of course, there's a gendered aspect to it. But I know men who feel the same way. So what what is the fear? Like, I don't, I want to understand it. That's why I'm asking this question. And I still do not. So... I understand that it exists. I just don't know what this worst case scenario is that you're afraid of. Basically, it's just like people abusing me online. That's what I'm afraid of. Right. But like you, you did a video topless about people doing videos topless and you got a bunch of abuse from that and that never bothered you. 
No, like but last time, last time you got abused online, you made a video about it because you found it vaguely amusing. Yeah, I know, but there's different types of abuse. So someone saying, "Hey, you should kill yourself," or "You're the ugliest piece of thing I've ever seen." That's like pretty easy to brush off and be like, "Well, you are obviously a dickhead." But someone who's going to construct an intelligible argument about why you're an awful person that's the kind of thing that plagues me even if it's just like a minor level which I know is not healthy but I have worked so hard on my mental well-being <laughs> that I don't I th- like I'm very very opposed to being flippant with it with your mental health or with opinions? With my mental health because I don't want to get in situations online that make me feel really uncomfortable. Right. Which sounds it okay. sounds like a cop out, but it that's why I feel like I feel like I do express a lot more of my opinions than I used to. And I do feel like I'm sort of like going in just very slowly. I just think that you can't tell because you are so far already in <laughs> that, that you're like, you're not even moving. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm moving. I will get there eventually. Okay. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I think you're probably right. I just have trouble deciphering normal humans and their interactions with the world. The other thing is also, I mean, yeah, like that's the kind of stuff that does keep me up at night and does really distract me sometimes. It makes me lose focus. Even like, okay, so last week I was at a peer work conference about like peer workers so they're people who are working inside the mental health system who have lived experience and I put up a picture of the keynote speaker and something that she had said and she had said what did she say something along the lines of the mental health system does more harm than good and it's paid like 13.5 billion dollars to do it yeah I just picked it because I thought it was an interesting quote but immediately people were like people responded in a not a negative way, mostly in a curious way or like, I don't understand what she's talking about. What does she mean by that? Which I totally get. And I was very aware of what that did to my personal experience. Like when I saw that people were having this reaction, I was like, Ugh! And then a bunch of that conference I was not even present for because I was just thinking about like, what should I say to these people online? Oh my God. You know, like that's how it plagues me. So you want to make sure the podcast doesn't become an intrusion like that in your life. And in as much as it's like an experiment in terms of how honest you want to be, it's also like, how far do you want to go? Yeah. It's like, I've told everyone on this podcast about doing kinky stuff or I don't know, probably, I don't know, other stuff. That would be really incriminating. <laughs> I think the point at which it becomes uncomfortable is when it's a stuff, opinions that I have a, where I know that peers of mine would not agree with what I say. Does that make sense? It's easy to have opinions about stuff that you know no one else would have the same opinion on. But having opinions about stuff that you know intelligent people would disagree with you on, that's like... Yeah, I, I, just, I guess I'm just not afraid of being disagreed with. I think that is a very male trait. Like a socialized yeah, male sense. trait. I think that it's... I think, yeah, there's a really great uh, Wait But Why post. And by that, I mean all Wait But Why posts are pretty great. And this one is particularly relevant. Oh, this is the one about the mammoth? Yeah. I really uh, like that about one. About the mammoth. 
And oh, actually, as well as that, the first Elon Musk one is about tribalism. And it's got this really great, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's along the lines of, if you are hanging out with people and there is something that you would say that makes them like, if you can express an opinion that makes them look at you with disgust, they have really tied their identity into that opinion. Yeah. So I realized that that was true about my friendship group in Melbourne, when at one point I said uh, that I really like corporations. Oh yeah, I remember this. Like yeah. I really, as you, as we've mentioned on this podcast before, I really like Disney. I really like Apple. I really like Microsoft. I really like big corporations. And they genuinely looked at me like I'd said, I'm a pedophile who is also a homophobe and I voted for John Howard. Like they were just so horrified by this idea that they were like, oh, he must be telling a joke. Like this must be a funny ha-ha joke from Peter because no actual sane human has this opinion. And I was just like, wow, I had no idea that I was I was really deep into a tribe without sharing the tribe's values kind of thing. It was, it was super interesting. Well, but that's what people do. Like that's what communities everywhere do. And so, yeah, for me personally, and this could be because I'm a male, it could just be because I'm... Me. Um, the idea of, of being afraid to share an opinion because my friends or peers would disagree with me is really strange and frightening. You know, what's interesting is that like, so as much as people write in to criticize you about your whatever, <laughs> your whatever, people also alternatively really appreciate that about you. Like it's one thing that I've heard, com- I don't know if I've told you this, commented to me a number of times, people being like, Oh, people don't like Peter. I really like Peter because he says all of the things that I would be way too afraid to say. Like there is never said that, no, no way in hell I would say that in public. Oh, that's so sad to me. Like the thing is, and that's it why I'm saying your... like I totally agree with you. That's I'm on that side. Yeah. To say that it doesn't affect your life to disagree with people is naive. It, it doesn't affect my life, but I think that's because I'm surrounded by people who are totally okay with disagreeing with me. Like I said, it, it's all, it's actually kind of terrifying to me. This idea that I have to say certain things in order to have people continue to like me, that is actually a terrifying thought to me. Like I, I would feel trapped and my least favorite thing in the world is feeling trapped. I would feel, and I'm not saying that this is true about you and I'm not, this is not a dig in any way. I'm just saying like that idea is really scary to me. Yeah, I know. And I remember I've had conversations with you about this previously and it's made me really, really upset that I'm like, oh yeah, Peter like has all of these freedoms because of the way that he is, which I don't have, you know, like in as much that sometimes people think you're weird or they don't get you or... They're like, oh yeah, Peter would do that. It also means that you can do those things. Right, but I don't understand why you don't have those freedoms. Social conditioning. Okay, so, so I, th- I thought you were saying like, if you have these opinions on the podcast, you lose your job or whatever. No, no, no. It's just more like social fear of social excommunication. Yeah, it's one of those things that until you do it and you realize that it doesn't matter, you can't do it kind of thing. I, but the, thing is, the thing is that this is again goes back to the bit of like I feel like that is what I'm doing you I feel like that's not what I'm doing <laughs> like for me in the episode 15 where you said something it was about like you you said something and I was like I'm not going to comment for me that was a step forward instead of being like 
I feel weird about this conversation. Let's cut it out. I was like, I am happy to not say anything on this topic and that not being in like some sort of bad rap on me. Does that make sense? I realize also the irony of me being like, SJ, stop being pressured into things. Stop being pressured into things. Do what I say instead. Do what I say and stop being pressured into things. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, okay, so that was a really, really good answer to my question. And I feel much more knowledgeable about why. Do you actually? Yeah, no, I genuinely do. Like you, you explained that really well. Oh, I feel like I was really incoherent. No, no, that made sense to me. Um, do you want to do an intro? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think that's the thing. You don't understand, you, like, you don't see the difference. For me, that listening to episode 15 and being like, oh, yeah, cool. Instead of saying, like, I feel really weird about this. I don't want to have the conversation. I don't like talking about this. I just was like, I don't have to talk about this. It's fine for me to not express an opinion on this thing. And that doesn't, what's the word? It doesn't, it doesn't implicate me. It would be unfair to implicate I, I, I feel comfortable in that. It doesn't implicate me as an awful person. Again, though, my, my point wasn't like that one example. I was just like, I don't understand this, not trend, but I don't understand this thing that you do where you're like, I don't want to talk about that on the podcast. Not because I'm like, you should talk about those things, but because I don't understand. I do now, but at the start of this conversation... Dude, you should seriously read John Ronson's book, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. It is incredible. And reading the book really changed how I feel about engaging in public debate but it really brought home the reality of how easily you can be totally fucked over online the thing is we, we talked about this actually in a lot of detail so when i first called you about doing this podcast uh i remember i was in a car park at the time just kind of wandering around this car park chatting to you in a supermarket in sydney uh, when i first called you about doing this podcast i remember we talked about this and you were like look my big fear is that i'll say something and the internet will hate me and then we had this big, long chat, and that chat made me go, man, we need to record a podcast because that was such an interesting chat. And I, I came away with it with different thoughts, and, and it was just, uh, and you kept quoting books that I hadn't heard of and stuff like that. It was super interesting. Very intellectual uh, and intelligent, if you haven't realized. Anyone who's <laughs> listening, if you don't know, know already. I have read many books. I quote them frequently. <laughs> and we were talking about this idea that when someone is publicly shamed like that, you can, you know, you can try to run away from it or you can just be like, you know what? I stand by what I said and here's why I said it. Or you can provide context. And the big one is Twitter. Yeah. People will post something on Twitter and it'll be retweeted way beyond their control and their lives can be ruined for it because Twitter is 140 characters. Whereas I would be so surprised if someone listened to this podcast. Like they would have yeah. to pick a soundbite yeah, or something. I mean, what I find kind of like the most shameful part of my fear is that it's somehow like some part of me is like I am an important enough for person for my opinions to be taken out of context and used against me uh, which I, I just don't actually like if I think about that for a moment I don't think that that is true like no yeah. one gives a fuck really what I think the only to a point at which this would really be relevant is if I became really famous in the future and then someone went back and then like chose to like try and mine for something that they could use yeah so one thing that i think is really interesting is that in the book the john ronson book he's trying to basically discover like who are the people that survive this brutal public shaming and why do they survive yeah and there's one example that he used of i think he was a guy who was head of 
some race car association. Anyway, it was actually like an amazing kind of scoop that they'd gotten on him where they'd found a tape of him engaging in this really like BDSM type kink situation where everyone was dressed in military uniforms and he was like the son or grandson of like a really major player in the Nazi party and like they were wearing like German military suits in this kink film. The scoop was like the daily, you know, like the the whatever the glad rags or whatever they are would have just been <laughs> glad <laughs> you know, like those the tabloids? Are they tabloids? Which so, ones are okay, the ones? There's, there's two different phrases. There's the daily rags. The daily rags. Which is gossip magazines. And glad rags is when you get dressed up nice. Yeah. So the people, as they were getting dressed up really nicely, they were told this story and they were like, this is the best scoop ever. They weren't actually in military uniform. It just looked like they were in military uniform. Anyway, he ended up suing the publications and getting a bunch of money. But at no point did he apologize or anything for what happened because at no point did he feel ashamed of what happened. And that was the thing because he was like, yeah, I have kinky sex and someone found my kinky sex tape. That's really fucked that you would publish it. But this does like no bearing on my ability to do my job or my respectability. I never harmed anyone. Yeah, exactly. And so that's how he got out of it. So there, there is that thing at the same time, the guy who wrote, Dilbert, the cartoon. Scott Adams. Scott Adams. He did something. I can't remember what, but fuck, this is going to be <laughs> Scott so Adams nice. is a whole other story. So Scott Adams is a cartoonist who started a blog probably more than 10, 15 years ago now. Like it's been around for a while. And over time, he's just gotten more and more misogynist, more and more... No shit, really. Right wing. Yeah. So anything anything that you hear about Scott Adams is probably true, not because like he gets a bad rap, but because he constantly posts stuff on his blog. And then like maybe once every two years, he'll be like, by the way, guys, everything I've posted so far, that was just a test to see how people would react. And then he'll go back to posting it. He's fascinating. I used to read his blog in the early days. In the early days, I fucking loved it. Like before it got super misogynist and and weird and awful. Uh, And then I stopped reading it and I'd hear these people quote him and I'd be like, oh, that must be out of context. But they just kept on coming over and over and over (laughs) and over and over and over. And it got to the point where I was like, I feel like it's unlikely he's being quoted out of context anymore. (laughs) He just seems to have totally gone off the rails. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. He's a different character, man. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... Yeah, I suppose that thing of like if you don't actually feel ashamed. But but the thing is that what I find really difficult is that I'm really interested in nuance and I'm interested in people you have. Like take opinions from both sides. It's why I like, you know, uh, media companies like Wired and stuff like that because I think they often do a really good job of trying to give an unbiased, not unbiased, but like a perspective. Having a look at both sides. Yeah, trying to be like what is actually going on here. And I really appreciate that because so much of media like doesn't want to do that at all particularly because they're not rewarded for doing that now that you know journalism has completely changed (laughs) and there's a really if you're interested in this stuff there's a really really good book called trust me i'm lying confessions of a media manipulator and it talks about his career of media manipulation and why you shouldn't do it the first half of the book is like here's how you do it and the second <laughs> half is like, here's why you should not do it. Um, <laughs> and it really changed how I looked at all media in terms of, you know, 
it, it seems really obvious now, but at the time I didn't really get it in terms of how marketing works and promotion and making controversies and stuff so that you get free marketing. Like he was talking about how he did a great, he used to do the promo for American Apparel and there was one ad that he did where they got Sasha Gray, who's a pornographic actress, or she was at the time, to do an ad for American Apparel where she was wearing no clothes. It was an ad for a clothing brand where the model was wearing no clothes. They paid like a small amount of money to put it somewhere and then they got, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of free advertising by it becoming a news story that every media outlet ran. It's like, look at how outrageous this is. Yeah, because it's like, you know, a pornographic actress in what is thought to be like a very mainstream brand, their marketing material. Okay, so here's what we do. In like 30 episodes or so, come and visit me in America and like punch me really hard. Yes. And then we can spread the story of like, you know, SJ knocked out her ex-fiance and they do a podcast together and it'll go everywhere and people listen to the podcast. That's our that's our evil viral marketing campaign. No, see, see, this is not that... If you want to make it viral, you need to add another level to that. So it would be like, <laughs> I... If you killed me. No, no, no. It would be like... I beat you up and then you were suffering online abuse for being like beaten up. Because people would assume I hit you. Yeah, something like that. Like there needs to be another level before it gets really viral. This is a bad example (laughs) because this is a good, this is a good cause. But I remember looking at, uh, I think last year sometime there was a woman who her story became quite viral because she had had like a double mastectomy and then she had these photos taken of her and I think her child and she was naked from like she was naked on top and she put it on Facebook and then it got banned see at the first level right woman has double mastectomy and takes naked photos to like start a conversation about body image and blah 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 blah. yeah that's a new story it's not a viral one though But the next bit where it gets banned from Facebook and then there's a protest about getting it back on Facebook and how Facebook is fucked, that's a news story. Yeah. That's a news story. I'll keep working on it. (laughs) So you need that other (laughs) element, particularly if you can get like outrage at an institution, that works really well. A common enemy. People use it all the time because the thing is that... I've talked about this previously Those big media outlets like YouTube and Facebook and stuff like that, they don't have manualized reporting systems. They have automatic ones. So if enough people report it, then it gets taken down. If someone's like, my thing got taken down, most likely it will be because it was inappropriate or there was just people who didn't like whatever you were saying. So it's very easy to turn that into a story about uh, David and Goliath. Yeah, because it's not actually about Facebook it's not that Facebook went actually that content is bad. It was that the systems kicked into gear and that's part of their policy and it had to be taken down. I mean, that's not to say that Facebook and Instagram or whatever and YouTube are totally fine and without blame because yeah. there's a whole bunch of situations where they do some shit stuff, but there's a bunch of situations where it's just that's actually what the system just kicking into gear, but Facebook gets blamed as if they're an active participant in that situation. Yeah. 
at the same time as my brain, because I have a creative but also a very problem-solving brain, goes into like, ooh, this is interesting, like you could do this and blah, 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 and orchestrate this something, something, something. I also just feel like it just makes me feel tired and exhausted. At the level of media manipulation and, and marketing manipulation. Yeah, and the fact that it, it's about getting whatever you want forward and it's not about truth or anything like that. But then it's also like, is it, ooh, does the means... Justify does, the ends? Yeah, does the, do the ends justify the means? Which is a whole yeah, conversation that, that correct you... statement, not what I said. You, that's a whole uh. conversation <laughs> that I think that if you're a content creator, you have to have with yourself. For me, as a responsible content consumer... I think about this a lot when I'm looking at stuff and choosing should I share this or not because often people will create content just because it is aggravating and misogynistic or fucked up and wrong because they know that it will spread because people are, get pissed off about it which is why I think I don't know if you've seen this thing it's called don't click this it's a website where you can chuck in a URL to something that you don't want people to actually get benefits from people seeing it but you want to show people what the thing is that's the thing i have weird issues with i feel like if someone has made a stuff that you really want to read and then share with people they've sort of done enough to justify having you click through to it there are subreddits that are like these websites are banned if you want to share the content of these websites screenshot them and post them on imager what websites quite often be the gorka websites um uh, you know, gorka Media. yeah 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 because gorka have done some really shitty things and so my, my stance is really, if you don't want people to go to this website, don't share their content. Don't be like, well, I'm going to take this content, but they don't deserve my click. If they've done enough to make you really desperately want to share that website, they do deserve your click, even if you don't agree with them as a company. Mm. <laughs> See, this is the thing. I've never come up against someone who has this opinion. Like, I don't know anyone else I know that would have this opinion. I understand what you're saying in that they are providing a product that people want to consume, so they should be rewarded for that product. Yeah. If you're saying this company is evil, don't do their product. That's fine. If you're, no, if you're saying the product is evil, Stay away don't from it. consume this product. Don't say, man, this product is so good, but I disagree with the company. So guys, we're going to... Yeah, I don't like that. Oh, uh, okay. I think it's kind of weird to have a total ban on uh, an entire website, but like there's certain stuff that tells it. So like the don't click me examples that you're talking about, I'm like, if you don't want people to click it, don't tell them about that thing because obviously it's toxic. Yeah, but that only... If the thing is toxic, don't share the toxic thing. Don't be like, guys, this thing is bad. So let's read it, but not, but agree that it's bad. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, that gets down to individual responsibility and how you use the internet. No, I think if you're putting stuff through, don't click it for the sake of sharing it with a bunch of people. That's not individual responsibility. That's broadcasting. That's uh, aggregation. No, but what you're saying is if you don't agree with the content, you should not share it or people should benefit from it. I'm saying, yeah, if you don't like the content, why are you showing it to other people? Because that's what anger does to people. Yeah, I think that's really fucked up. It makes perfect sense from like an emotional level. Like that's how anger functions. And Ryan Holiday talks about this in his book. Anger is the number one viral emotion. That's why people abuse it so much because people want this like, oh my God, what? Holy fuck. That's messed up. The number two... Is that why our podcast does so well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> That's probably why. Actually, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> the number two viral emotion is humor. 
but humor is a lot harder to like get right consistently. I think you could roll out five very viral anger inducing articles in a space of five hours. I don't think you could do the same with humor. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. And that's not a judgment on your writing ability or your hilarity. Oh, you meant me specifically. I, meant I thought you, you meant people in life. I mean, I oh, think I, I, I wouldn't do the five angry ones. Uh, okay, I find well, that's... anger really bad to take over your body. Yeah, exactly. That's why people like process their anger by sharing that stuff. It's an immediate emotional response. That's so messed up. That's why you're talking about individual responsibility, but I feel like you and I have a very high media literacy in terms of understanding how these structures work, in terms of understanding what clickbait even is. Yeah. You know, like that's a very privileged position to be in in terms of how we view our media, how we consume it, and how we share it or don't share it. Okay. I'm, I just think you're saying I'm, like... I'm sorry? Sorry, I, I had to get... Maybe you egged me on into having a fierce opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm not sure how I should respond to like... I think you're right. Uh, I feel like that was very accusatory. <laughs> I, I think I'm absolutely in a privileged position. And that is a fact. <laughs> I think I just got really excited about having an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> having opinions with my ex. <laughs> well, you were getting stuck into me about how I don't share my opinion. And so I'm going to retaliate, apparently. <laughs> I approve of that. I think that is good. <laughs> no, I suppose I just mean in terms of you being like, it's an individual's responsibility. And I was like, well, I think that that's a privileged position to be in because we are individuals who have high literacy around this kind of thing. So we can understand how it works. But I think there's a lot of people who don't understand how I it works. I keep running into this problem where I really dislike the fact that people so often share stuff that they dislike. It's impossible to talk about that without coming across as someone who's either making a joke or just being a total total hypocrite. What do you mean? So you can't unironically post the status on Facebook. Oh, I'm so sick of people being so negative all the time. <laughs> yeah, you would look like a massive dick. But I think that that kind of goes with your whole aesthetic. So <laughs> <laughs> Because I have such a massive dick. Thank you. I appreciate the, uh, the shout out to my dick. Um, Hey, so what's my, up, my, Dick? My... Can you hear me? <laughs> what I generally try I to do really is... I was really disappointed every... that you didn't respond with a voice from your dick. No, he's, he's having a little nap. <laughs> he's had a very busy day. Uh, <laughs> not doing much. Just really sitting in my pants. But he gets tuckered out easily, little fella. He's having a little sleep. Wait a minute. I thought a he was a big there. dick and now he's a little fella. Well, I'm a shower. Not a... No, I'm a grower, not, not a shower. Ah, oh, okay, okay. Uh, if you would recall, SJ. <laughs> if you remember anything about my penis, god damn it. <laughs> uh, so I get the urge to post that kind of thing like maybe once every two weeks or once a week or so. And every time I'm like, what a nonsense hypocrite thought. So instead, I will make the effort to find something positive and post about something positive. Oh. The trouble is okay. that there is also this sort of culture of like building up your own life and ignoring the negative stuff. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, speaking of. Tell us an update on your on your being honest on social media policy. How's that been going? Oh, shit. What happened? Um, sorry, I just need to check my social media. 
Oh yeah. Oh, so I did. I actually did. I don't know if you saw it. I did. Me and my partner and I, we had our one year anniversary. So long as you've ever dated anyone. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall anyone else that I've dated for longer than a year. Carry on. Yep. Yep. Good. Checks We're on the out. Same page. Um, <laughs> and I wrote a post about him. Did you read it? Yeah, it was really good. Oh, thanks. I don't remember you saying that, but I'll just take it. I don't think I said that. I was just like, that's really good. I don't, I don't tell you everything you do something good because you're just doing good shit all the time. Who has time for that, SJ? You know what? Someone today wrote to me and said that I was prolific. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can see that. And I was like, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we weren't talk- we were going to that. I was just like, oh, that's nice that you think that. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice thought for you to have. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is a kind of thing about, I suppose, about being honest. I don't know. I feel like I'm quite honest that I don't know where the points are that I'm more honest than I would normally be. Does that make sense? But I did yeah, feel yeah. uncomfortable about posting this because it's kind of an anti-anniversary post, if that makes sense. It's nice. you break up with him at the end. Yeah, because I break up with him in the end. <laughs> also, this is over. No, because this is actually pretty much exactly the thing that you were talking about. You know how you were saying like, why doesn't everyone stop posting negative stuff all the time? This was kind of like my reaction to anniversary posts. Like anniversary posts are usually like, hey, you're the best person in my life. You've totally saved me, whatever. Mine was like, hey, it's our anniversary. You're not the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I do still love you a lot and I think you're great. (laughs) Ah, that's really sweet. (laughs) Because I was thinking about, I'm still friends with quite a number of my exes and it wouldn't be fair to them to be like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. Are you saying there might be another ex in your life who's the best thing that's ever happened to you? Is that is that what you're implying there? I was actually thinking about another one of my exes. While I was <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't, you didn't come to mind. <laughs> actually, I didn't realize that until now. <laughs> I really didn't realize that until now that I was not thinking about you. I would never describe myself as the best thing that happened to you. Like, that is just, that is absurd. Really? You wouldn't describe yourself as that? For some reason no, in I my think... brain that that makes sense that you would describe yourself as that. No, see, okay, here's the thing. I like myself a lot. I also like you a lot. I'm not going anywhere with this. I'm going to cut this whole thing. Are you going to say <laughs> that I'm the best person that ever happened to me? Yeah, let's pretend I said that. Okay, I'm going to put this whole bit back in. Back in now because I said something sweet. Bam. I'm taking full credit for that sweet thing. Uh, Dude, if you want to take full credit, you have to say it yourself and then cut me out. Okay, okay. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. No, you got it wrong. (laughs) Jesus. No, I actually, it's funny because I was just writing an article about this, about how our relationship we are exes, but it doesn't really feel... I sometimes forget that <laughs> because I'll... Do you think we're still together? I'm moving to America. <laughs> <laughs> because it doesn't follow the normal tropes of an ex, right. if that makes sense. Yeah. Which a bunch of my exes don't follow the normal tropes of an ex, but usually there are some elements still in there of those tropes. Like what I think of as being the tropes, one is you are awful human being 
Yeah. X. I thought you were saying that about me for a second. I got surprised. I said there's elements of each of these. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, no. And the other one would be like, there's still this shiny, ooh, maybe it could happen again element to it. Do you think this could happen again, SJ? No, I'm saying I don't have to have either of those feelings about you. Are you saying this this won't happen again? Yes. I thought that was going to be our special 100th episode. (laughs) They get back together. It happens in episode 39, but we just keep it secret. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, episode 100 is like, hey guys. It's been a year and a half. We have something to tell you. We've been dating again for quite a while now. (laughs) No, I like the idea that when you get to episode 100, you've been dating, married, got divorced. (laughs) Broke up again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, we didn't want to tell you guys, but now that we're broken up again, we can tell you. (laughs) Yeah, but I still have a number of other exes where the there are kind of still those elements in it. And that's why in that post, I totally forgot (laughs) that you were my ex. In the post about us doing this podcast, you forgot that I was your ex. In the post about my anniversary. Oh, oh, in the post about your anniversary. You dingus. So I'm going to do an intro and then we're going to play an outro. Uh... (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is the appropriate time. Hello and welcome to Being Honest with My Ex. My ex is SJ, better known as Honor Eastley. My ex is Peter C. Hayward, better known as Big Dick. <laughs> Big Dick Peter. <laughs> and our outro today outros, is from outros. Emily Lewis. One, two, three, play. I already started it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I just... Jesus fuck. <laughs> One, two, three... I've already three. heard it now. Have you? Yeah, it's just open. Okay, let's go again. One, two, three, play. Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review and tell your friends. Peter is my favourite son. (laughs) I like how Emily Lewis sounded like, and I mean this with love because I don't think that we know each other. Um, You sounded like a little bit like a smarmy newsreader. Wow. (laughs) That's right, guys. If you send an outro, SJ will make fun of it. She will... uh... I just... Sometimes she'll actually track down like personal details of your life and really get the burn in. Like she will be as cutting as she can be. <laughs> Emily Lewis is sitting at home right now being like, I wanted to be a newsreader, but now, now that dream is dead. Thanks, SJ. No, Thanks just, for that. I just liked it because it sounded almost like she was taking the piss out of us. Wow. That was sent with love. She was like, Don't I am... So? I enjoy this podcast. I'm going to read her email. It's going to be super sweet and you're going to feel so bad. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can we cut this? I'm going to look so bad. (laughs) She was like this. I meant that into like, I I thought about it. Before I said that, I thought about Emily Lewis at home listening to it and and being like, oh, yeah, that is kind of funny. I do sort of sound like that. But but that's. Hello there. It's my time to shine. I very much look forward to seeing your podcast pop up in my unplayed folder. It really brightens my week. I really admire you both as creative people. Best wishes, Emily Lewis. P.S. My secret dream is to be a newsreader. Please tell me if you think this would be a good voice to do it. If not, I may have to abandon my hopes and dreams forever. Your opinion means a lot to me, especially SJ. (laughs) Especially, especially SJ. That's her, that's her email. That's exactly what she wrote. So thank you, Emily Lewis. I actually really liked it. Um, I can't speak for the whole oh podcast. God. 
but I thought it was delightfully read. I think that was a charming email. And you know what, Emily? Follow your dream. Ignore the haters. There's a lot of negativity online. There's a lot of negativity in this podcast sometimes. But I reckon just just go for it. Ignore what they say. I think you have a beautiful voice and it is not at all smarmy. Can I just listen to it again? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Maybe very well. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening to Being Honest with My Ex. If you've enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, and tell your friends. Peter is my favorite son. Okay, there was only like really like one inflection. It sounded like (laughs) (laughs) that, ladies and gentlemen, is the sound. I'm sorry, Emily. Otherwise, someone backpedaling as fast as they can. I think otherwise, Emily Lewis, your dreams of being a newsreader, like still alive. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends. Uh, you can find us at beinghonestwithmanx.com. We have a mailing list. If you scroll down and hit mailing list, I write stuff every week and it's good. I think it's good. What do you think, Esther? What do you think about mailing list? I think You're really- getting it now? Yeah, I, I just started getting it. Yeah, actually, I, I read it and I'm like surprised that it's good. <laughs> <laughs> can I just quickly read an email I wrote to you? Dear SJ, it's my time to shine. I very much look forward to hearing your opinion of my stuff because I know you have high expectations. I sure hope that my work doesn't surprise you by being good because that would suggest that you don't respect me as a creative or a person. Best wishes, Peter C. Haywood. like I don't expect it to be good. Well, it's just that I'm like, every, I'm less like, oh yeah, Peter's good at that. <laughs> uh, as well as that, we have a great Twitter account. Uh, it is at sign honest with my ex. And this is totally unrelated to the podcast, but it is topical, so I'm going to mention it. I'm running a Kickstarter. It has been going stupidly well, and you should check it out at scuttlegame.com, S-C-U-T-T-L-E game.com. Uh, and it's it's fun, and it's unrelated to the podcast, but I'm going to pimp my wares anyway. Anything I've missed, Estre? Send us an outro. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. I feel like... You don't have to stick to the script. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I feel like we appreciate your creativity and we are unlikely to make fun of you on air that is that is just not a thing that either of us would ever do just wouldn't happen oh <laughs> i didn't mean it in a like make fun of way i, I wasn't meaning it in it like i i i was kind of appreciating it does that make sense thanks for listening and we look forward to speaking to you next week i'm sorry emily <laughs>